All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, I am your host, Tim Shields, and I'm joined by my buddy and bro, my co-host, Wayne Breezy Brown. So we've got some stuff to unpack here, folks. Uh, rough, rough loss in game one for the Boston Celtics. Final score of 119 to 115. Uh, James Harden goes supernova, shuts me the hell up pretty much. Uh, I mean, 45 points, monstrous performance from James Harden. I mean, just for, for a guy who has very much seemed to have taken a step back. This was a major step up for him. I thought he looked fantastic. I mean, 17 to 30 from the field, seven to 14 from three, just an absolute flamethrower. And the crazy thing is only four free throw attempts, four or four from the line. Um, there was not a lot of whistles going around for either team. So it wasn't a matter of free throws. Ultimately, I think this came down to execution um, issues on defense uh, turnovers. Celtics had 16 turnovers, but before we dive any further into it, how are we holding up, Wayne? I mean, I want to smile, but um, it's tough because I look. I I I couldn't sleep. I felt like I was in a nightmare, but I couldn't sleep because, you know, watching this game, I didn't feel like we would lose this game, and so as the the game started to kind of like get close to finish time, it, was, it started to set in, and and. And I will say there was one particular statistic that just came back to haunt us. And we've been talking about it all season long. And so now as you know, I'm trying to recover from this loss just as much as the Celtics are, the players are, I mean, look, we just got to be better. And uh, as a team that the the team has to just play better, they have to finish. uh, And I believe that they will. So like, I'm not, I'm not worried about the Celtics in this series. I'm more worried if they keep up the consistency of being inconsistent like that, that I think that is my issue with the Boston Celtics. They play hard at times, but they don't play hard consistently. And then they keep a team without their best player at bay. And next thing you know, they have players that can hit game winning shots and we're just standing there looking silly or turning the ball over again. So I'm a little frustrated. I'm, I'm to be honest, I'm a little frustrated. This was a fush, a frustrating loss, especially in the playoffs. You know, you feel like the regular season has happened. You kind of let it go. You put it in the past. But maybe that Atlanta Hawks series exposed the Boston Celtics just a little bit. And you saw a nice little two-guard combo action from Maxi and James Harden. And they both look like they look like Batman and Robin or any other sidekick duo you can think of. And then they had their good old friend Tobias Harris chime in at some point. So like we as the Celtics, you know, we just have to figure out a way to be better. And I'm not saying we beat ourselves, but they played well, but damn, we played well too. So imagine if we cut out the parts of the turnovers, which they probably scored 30 plus points off of, you win this game. So it's just little things that the Celtics need to do to fix themselves. I I definitely agree with that. I think I'll probably pull up at some point when I let you talk next. The uh, I do want to see what the points off turnovers were. Uh, overall, I mean, the Celtics did fantastic in attacking the paint. 66 points in the paint like you could tell right from the jump that was what they were trying to do and they did it successfully in terms of three-pointers the Celtics did not take very much I think this tied like their season low in three-point attempts they only took 26 three-pointers 
So 10 of 26. For for once, I'm kind of like, you guys should have actually taken some more threes. And part of that was them passing up on shots. There was a couple different moments where they would slow off, like slow the offense down. There was a moment with Jalen Brown, specifically in transition, getting back where he pulls back from going to the basket. He had one man there. He had the advantage, could have gotten to the basket, could have gotten an and one foul, didn't go for it. So it was really just frustrating and confusing why they didn't have that happen. Obviously, the Malcolm Brogdon turnover was bad. So I think that's something that bit them. And ultimately, I feel like there was there was an opportunity for them to jump out to a 1-0 series lead. Blowing, blowing a game like this at home really, really stings. I think there was a chance for them to fully fully take like a hold of this series. And now you kind of, you have to go into game two and take it. I don't, I'm not going to move off of my prediction of five games. Cause I think that would be disingenuous. And we've seen this happen before too. I mean, the Celtics had the same exact situation had like a 22 point win over the Milwaukee bucks and then lost four straight. So anything can happen in the playoffs. I think this was very much the 76ers Super Bowl. Uh, if you looked at the way that they reacted after the game, you even had James Harden going around and say, don't know. This is one game, guys. Stop. Stop freaking out. Because ultimately, I think they really needed to get this monkey off their back right off the jump because they didn't have Joel. And that was their opinion on it. You know, you go in undermanned and the Celtics have a losing like not. a. I don't know if it's a losing record. I'd have to pull it up, but they do not have a good record when another team is missing like a key player. There's a, there's been a f- handful of games. I mean, they. They lost against Miami when they didn't have Jimmy Butler. They lost to obviously the OKC Thunder. Like that was a big one. Losing to OKC without Shea Gilgis Alexander and losing by like 30 points. That was a painful one. I mean, obviously, we know just this past series, DeJounte Murray being out. Celtics played down to their competition. They lose that game. I would say that the Hawks series was exposing the Celtics if it weren't for the fact that they've had a habit of doing this. So I think if anything, it's just a reminder of what this team is capable of both the good and the bad, you know what they can do when they're playing up to their expectations and you know what they do when they don't play up to the competition. You know, they should have, that was a game they should have taken. And then there were some mental lapses here and there that really cost them as much as I want to say some of it's defensively, it is for sure, but it was just a matter of pacing and execution and just, Overall, I felt like falling asleep at the wheel. I mean, 16 turnovers is a lot. That's a lot that's of turnovers. A, that's a lot of turnovers, man. And it was careless turnovers, too. They were careless turnovers. They were, they were, all right. So here, I don't know which turnovers frustrate you the most. I mean, a turnover is a turnover, right? But these are the ones that frustrated me the most. It would, They were the ones where, like, the the, the ball handler, I, I'm, I'm not going to mention any names. We know who turned the ball over. <laughs> We can they pull would, up the stat sheets. <laughs> right. But they would literally try to take it on double teams and triple teams. If you watch the way that they were defending the Celtics, they formed a small little mini triangle, right? And so whoever the ball handler was, mainly like a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown, they would automatically just force those three players onto one. But But the ball handler would try to split three. You can't. It's impossible. It's almost impossible to split two. And so I was saying to myself, those are the turnovers that you can't have, especially when you're finishing in the paint. The one thing we were able to do was score in the paint consistently, and we've been doing it since the Hawks series. We'll always find a way to revert to that three. All of a sudden, the threes don't fall. They get second-chance shots. 
uh, they get the rebounds, excuse me, they get down in transition, you're missing a couple of guys. There was a play where I think Jalen Brown and Robert Williams collided and they just were out of the play. I remember that one. Easy basket, easy basket, right? And so I'm just like, why do we, why, and I say we, I have to stop saying it, why do the Celtics like beat themselves like at their own game? It's just like, dude, Y'all know how to play basketball. You guys finished second in the, in the East for a reason. You could have finished first, but you had them brain fart games where you just decided not to show up. You forgot to mention Brooklyn because Brooklyn moved on from Kyrie and KD, and we got beat by all the reserves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally blanked on that one, too, because I probably repressed it. It was so towards the end of the season. I remember that one. And that was a game, again, that wasn't even just a matter of them playing down in their competition. They collapsed in that game. They had like a 30-point lead. In that they blew like a 31 or 32 point lead that yeah. one shot why did you have to remind me of that I'm I, because that unglued. was because to me that was like the okc game to me okc has one good player and that time the time we played them all their players were like all-stars and it just feel like the celtics instead of just putting on their sh- armor putting on the shields and just being the damn boston celtics the great team that they are we just kind of chillax for the first time tim first time and i know i know you don't listen to the national feed so let me give you some national feed uh, well i had to for this one because now oh, there's gonna be no more local oh, there's coverage. no more local okay yeah I'm sorry. yeah for so the i was first, watching the tnt one yeah first time i ever in my life agree with charles barkley and i don't think i ever have agreed with charles barkley but he hit the nail on the head at, at halftime i believe we were shooting almost 75 percent and we were only up by what five? Two. Two. So two right? point lead, yeah. Two point lead shooting that well. He was like, yo, something's wrong. Like something's not right. We should be up by 20. He was right. And it was because we were turning the ball over. And we, were, we were playing careless basketball. You can't play careless basketball against a team in the playoffs because if they if, if they wouldn't be in the playoffs if they, you know what I'm saying? Like they wouldn't be here if they weren't great. It's not like mm-hmm. you got to the playoffs by chance. No, you had to play well to get here, and now you're just flipping it up a notch. And here is where I feel like we have to uh, direct our attention. I know our frustrations with the, with the results of the game and the way some of the players played. I don't think their energy was off, but they definitely didn't do what we asked them to do on our show yesterday. And we told them that they needed to make, uh, they needed to be aggressive, like make their lives a living hell. Put pressure on them. Be physical. Even Al Horford at the end of the game and said, yo, we just weren't physical. Like, we just didn't bring it. Yeah. And I think that's a problem. I I think the reason part of it is is because it's Philly, and you know that James Harden is going to be a grifter. He's going to be a grifter. He's going to get you in foul trouble. And, and that's where I think you saw their defense kind of slack off a little bit. I went through and we talked about it a little bit before we hopped on today to record, but I just wanted to pull up the shooting charts just to kind of see what we were looking at in terms of coverages. Now, overall, Boston was playing pretty solid defense. The big issue that I have is, um, so you can pull this all up on Stats NBA if you ever want to. This is in the shot dashboard. It's very useful. Um, and you can pick it out to specific games and stuff like that. Anywho, so... It gives you ranges and it gives you closest defender distance range. So on shots where there was six feet or more of space, that's considered wide open. uh, Philly shot eight of 18. And of those 18 attempts, 15 were from three point range. 
So 15 of their 38 three-pointers were wide open, considered wide open. And on those shots, they went 6 of 15. So you you let up 6, six of 15 on wide open three-point shots. That's 40% range or 40% shooting from that range. And that's 18 points right there on wide open three-pointers. And James Harden had a night. Don't get me wrong. James Harden was phenomenal. They generally played tight defense on him. I mean, on his three-pointers, uh, six of 10 of those uh, 14 shots. So seven of he went seven of 14 from three. Six of 10 were uh, defended really tightly three-point range. So he's just he just had a phen- phenomenal performance. There's not much you can say about James Harden in this game that's not applicable. Uh, he he was fantastic. He led this team. He paced their entire offense. He stepped up big time with Joel Embiid out. Now, I think the Celtics, in the way that they have to respond, is finding ways to pressure him early. I think there was way too many times that you're giving him wide open shots or you're just letting up these wide open threes to players that shouldn't get them. I mean, he had... I just want to say he only had two three-pointers that were wide open and he hit one of two. And obviously, he hit that dagger late in the game to put them up. But it, it was one of those things where I feel like they could have played more physically defensively. And for Al Horford to say that after the fact, that is a problem. I think that they were worried about trying to get into foul trouble. And because they were so focused on not trying to foul, they were playing a little bit lackadaisically on defense. And, and in terms of the turnovers, I know you don't want to name the uh, agents of chaos, but it, it's Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown again, who I, I love both of those guys. But <laughs> look, Marcus Smart, seven assists. Six turnovers. Jalen Brown, four assists, four turnovers. So they literally had 10 of the 16 turnovers for the team. And Malcolm Brogdon, you can rag on him all you want for that one turnover. That was the only turnover he had that game. That was the only turnover. And on that possession, I don't blame him for that. No. One, one, it was a 24 second violation. So Maxi shouldn't have been off and running, but it was a, they We're couldn't talk it. about the, There was two bad calls in this game. Yeah. That was one. And then the other was the charge. I felt like Marcus it should have, it should have been on. It, it should have been, been Maxi six. Then he should have been fouled out. Exactly. I agree with that. 100%. Not the reason why they lost this game. I think these turnovers were really, really bad. And the issue that I have with that is it, you need to lock that stuff down. And if it weren't, consistently a problem then i wouldn't have as much of an issue with it but this was a team that without joel and b granted you got 66 points in the paint but you should have been you should have been way more physical like there's an opportunity the to key, get them in Tim. foul trouble that like was the key. That was the i key. saw way too many plays where tatum was driving away from the hoop i mean and also jalen brown didn't take a lot of shot attempts not in the eight second 10 half. eight of ten man he needs to be more included, and I don't know who that's on. I don't know if it's on Tatum or if it's on Missoula or if it's on everybody or just a mix. But, like, Joe, you need to get this guy the ball because he's one of your best offensive players, and you barely got him any action. And I don't know if that was what they schemed for. It didn't feel like it. It I, just felt like he just that, faded. That doesn't make any motherfucking sense. Like, this, yeah. Jalen Brown is a scorer. I don't care. You let him score. He's going to give you turnovers. He's going to get you assists and he could get you 30 a night. How do you, how do you, how how do you not include him? If that's a coaching thing, 
Like, yeah. how do you not make sure he's getting his shots? If anything, let Tatum close off the game and let Jalen Brown do what he does. That's what keep. That's what gets the Celtics their leads. That's what allows other people. It, it frees people up because now they're double teaming him, and he's gonna probably dish the ball out. Ball movement was pretty damn good in this game, but man, we had some bumbling, stumbling plays where we just gave up the ball and boom, they're off to the races. It, it just. It's just, again, it's just frustrating because the Celtics know how to win games. This is not, uh, they, they just they just have brain farts at the wrong periods of time. And you watched it last night. I mean, they still could have pulled this game out. I mean, James Harden just hits a miraculous shot deep in the face of Al Horford. I thought that was great defense, especially without fouling him, because you know they're going to give James Harden whistles. And so he played the defense well, but James Harden just hits a big shot. And then we still had eight seconds, I believe, to score a play. And we fumbled it. We bumbled it. We stumbled it. We turned it over, to be exact. Just, <laughs> I like that like, little riff. <laughs> it just, it, it just things, things just don't make sense. And when things don't make sense, Tim, I can't rest easy. I, I can't. I couldn't sleep as much as I want to. And, you know, I get up early to get to the gym by 5.30 and, and get my day going. And it was just a weird day. But I, the one thing I will say is, from losing, I went extra hard in the gym. I was mad at something. And so them weights was getting pumped. But <laughs> at the end of the day, man, it's one game. And, and being optimistic, it's one game. It's one game. Oh, do you remember us saying this? And I know no one else has ever said this, but do you remember us saying that they'll get one win? But remember I said the game will be close? Yeah. It was your close win. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that's the case, man. I mean, I'm not super convinced that Joel Embiid is going to come back early. He's not playing the, game two. He's not, not going to play game two. No. I He might play game three, but this is also why it's so important for you to take advantage of the minutes where he's not on the floor because – the longer that the 76ers extend this series, and if the 76ers continue to win games in this series and push the Celtics further and further, the healthier and the more rest that he gets. Now, his knee is not going to magically get better in this time. It will be slightly improved, but he's got a pretty significant injury for a big guy his size, and there is risk for re-injury or making things worse and maybe even tearing an LCL. I'm not wishing that into existence. I'm just acknowledging the fact that like a guy, his size is entirely likely, which is why they're, they're really talking down how bad that injury is. And I think the Celtics, you, you scored 66 to 42 in the paint. That that's, that's a very good difference. That's a very strong differential there. Now, in terms of points off turnovers, Celtics actually outscored Philly, 20 to 13. However, Philly had six turnovers. Boston had 16. So you need to cut back on your turnovers and you also need to be better at forcing turnovers on their side. And that involves playing more physical defense, attacking mismatches, and, and definitely trying to pick and choose when you're having these double teams. Honestly, if, if I'm the Celtics, just try and avoid Maxi and Harden going off. We talked about that a lot before we went in, but we did. that's the thing that I would laser focus on. I don't think James Harden will have another game like that because I think at this point in his career, you're asking a lot of him to do that. And especially after one game, like you figure that the Celtics will try and scheme for this to try and avoid this sort of situation. I do worry about the foul calls eventually because you just know that those are going to come. There's going to be a game where he's going to shoot 12, 14 free throws, and you have to be able to survive that. So... 
that might involve going deeper into the rotations. And when you look at the rotations late in this game, specifically some of these ones where Joe kind of just threw, you know, I wanted to say something else. He threw, he threw it all at a wall to see what would stick. And yeah. I mean, he had, he put Sam Hauser out there for like four minutes and then said, Nope. Okay. Yanking you out. We're going to go throw in grant there for four minutes. Oh, that doesn't work. Mm, yank him out. And I felt like Al Horford specifically was getting exposed in this series in, yeah. in this game because they, they attacked his speed. He's not as fast as he used to be. And so when you're putting him out there as the primary big and or you're putting him at the four spot. I don't really I'd have to Why pull not? up the rotations to see if they had him in there, but I don't think that they did. I think they were running with Rob or him on the floor, generally not at the same time. Right. But this might you, be the time though. Like the it double might be big. The, like so my my issue with the double big though is is that the speed aspect, which is what I'm trying to say, is like they should yeah, but, put Grant out there. But Rob closes out quicker than he excuse me. He he recovers quicker. I guess that's the better word. Meaning yeah. that if they make the switch, he has the length to get back out to the perimeter to yeah. affect the shot over Al mm-hmm. Horford's speed. I would right go now, with length yeah. over speed right now. I think that's yeah. what you, I think you might have to do that. If not, you got to get Grant Williams in this game. Like I, I that he should have been in. He should have been in this game. He should have been in over Al for a, a good chunk of these minutes. And it's not anything against Al. It's just it's a matchup that's not going to bode well for him. Now, I was see, hoping if that Joel the, Embiid was playing Tim. Al's way more effective. Exactly, and I think that's the problem, right? I think the Celtics came in order to play Joel Embiid, and, and then that's when he the wasn't thing. in there, and for Al Horford to say specifically, like I think this impacted our team. I think that Joel Embiid not playing impacted the team. That is a condemnation of this team not being ready and not being mentally focused and honed in to take on this opponent. And this is an opponent that you knew, you have known for a while now (laughs) that they were going to face off with this team. And you knew that Joel Embiid was dealing with these injuries. So, But but to their defense, I I always got to defend these guys. (laughs) <laughs> you still have to prepare for their best players to be out on court. He wasn't ruled out until right before the game. And so they were prepared to play him, but they did not know how it would be if they were prepared to, for him to not be there as well. They just didn't know how they were going to be attacked. And you yeah. saw the high pick and rolls. You saw the high screens. I mean, a lot of James Harden shots were coming off of them freaking screen. Like, it was just like one yeah. screen, bam. I mean, Moving screen, bam. That's it. That was it. It was all day. And so, when and then when they made the switch for, my, for Harden, come on, man. James Harden on the center? It's not like he's a whack-ass guard. This dude is an all-star, all-pro, all-pro, that's football. Probably All-NBA. You know <laughs> all what I mean? NBA, yeah. You know what I meant. He's, he's that dude. And he so, is. like, he's going to get those shots off, you know? That's who James Harden has always been, and I don't expect him to change. The only thing is, you're hoping he'll start to wear down, but that doesn't mean he won't shoot. He just won't attack the paint as much. And if we don't defend him better, he's just going to keep shooting. Yeah, you can't go under those screens. You got to be careful with these switches. And I think that's really where it comes down to. You you need to start getting Grant into the mix. And if there's a chance for you to run out a smaller lineup, if you think that's going to help you defensively, you have to make that adjustment. And that's where I get mad at Joe for this, because I think there should have been a moment in this game where it clicked for him that this team was losing grip on it. 
and he needed to pull everyone in and say, hey, we need to be connected. Because it felt like this entire game, while they were performing great offensively for at least the first half, the defense wasn't there. Like you said, having like a two or four point lead, like when it's that close at the end of the half and you've been shooting the lights out, that is a problem. And I know that Philly hit some great shots. This is not... It, it, it's not like Philly was running a bunch of bums out there or something like that. Like they, they were played really great and they also were hitting their shots, but you have to play harder defensively in order for that to make a difference. Because as soon as your shots stop falling or you go through a cold stretch then all of a sudden you find yourself in a hole, I mean, the Celtics ultimately down the stretch, they shot, they were outscored 12 to four. In the Jeez. like final three sixteen of the fourth quarter, yeah, exactly. And a lot of that was the ugly turnovers and bad plays and miscommunications. The one play where Marcus Smart went driving to the hoop and Jason Tatum wasn't expecting the ball, and then Tatum fouls a guy, pushes him out of bounds. Like just that was a dumb, dumb stuff. Too. And the the turnover to, by Brogdon was bad because they were bleeding the shot clock and everyone was afraid to shoot. And it's like sometimes you just have to take the shot that you've got. It, it might, you know, it might just be a good shot and you're looking for a great shot. And I'm pretty sure that Joe Mazzula said this. You, you, you have to find times where if you just have the good shot, you just got to take it and you just have to trust yourselves. And I think that Joe's going to try and reinforce that. I appreciate the ball movement, but not at the cost of a turnover. Possession. And two yeah, points. exactly. Especially in a turnover like that. Like, God, that was the swing of the game. So that, that, set that up, was it. That, that was, was it. it. That, that screwed you the rest of the game because you but, you get a bucket there. It makes a difference. Tim, why do we have to do that? Why do we <laughs> play safe basketball? Like this isn't keep. Mm. You can't keep the ball away. Stay aggressive. Stay on the attack. I rather them. They all were trying to get to the basket. Why not just try it? If you miss, you miss. If and you might get a damn foul call. Who knows? Jalen's comments on it were interesting. If you heard them, no. What did he say? So specifically talking about um, that possession where he was getting out and running when he stopped and he pulled back, he said it because he was expecting there to be people out running with him and he slowed down. Well, cause he slowed down. If you look back at that play, there's nobody out there running. There was with nobody him. out there running. There was nobody him. out there running with him. So it's like, I don't have anyone on this fast break with me. And so that's why he pulled back in that possession. I'm pretty sure that possession specifically is what led to that ugly turnover or Maybe I'm not, I think that was the missed jumper. That was a missed jumper by Brockton. I remember that one now. And that is just indicative of what this team needs to do is like they need to be able to communicate on a level where they know, hey, guys got the ball. We got to get out and running. That shouldn't be something you have to reinforce at this point. And I'm hoping that this is a wake up call because okay. you can't play like this. this is like we keep time doing it. It's a vicious cycle, man. We keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. The definition of insanity. Of insanity. Yeah. Insanity. Yeah. Hey, hey mm. look, a tough loss. We should be able to rebound. Um, that Quite doesn't literally. Mean, yeah, and that doesn't mean <laughs> right. That doesn't mean Tatum uh, has to go like bananas out there. But I thought Tatum played a great overall game. I think his aggression needs to be up the level, and I think Jalen Brown just needs the damn ball. And let Jalen Brown do what he does. You already know you're going to get turnovers with Jalen Brown. So so let him. Let, just let him score. Let him get to the basket. Let him be aggressive. I don't know who pushed the pause button on Jalen Brown in that second half. He had 13 points in the first half or first quarter or whatever. And then he just whizzled, fizzled out. It was just like, what happened to Brown? We need it's his weird. energy. We Very need his weird. energy. 
I mean, he hit a couple of big three-point shots. And that's three or four half. from three. I mean, he and took one. This, he took one deep one. I was like, "You can't shoot that!" And it went swish. And I was like, "Well, I'm just playing." That you know I remember I mean? that three pointer that had me jacked up. I mean, and again, twenty six three pointers in a game where you had your opponent, yeah, draining them. You you have to be able to keep pace. And I I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, yeah, shoot some more threes, create some more looks. I don't want them to force them, but like, guys, at, at a certain point, you can't be afraid to be offensive. I mean, we didn't really talk about him much, but Derek White had a really bad game. He was he was pretty he was bad this game. Yeah, yeah, he he disappeared, and I think I don't I don't know what it is. I think he was a little checked out. I think just there was an overall disconnect with some of these guys, and I think it bled through the rest of the game. And I'm hoping that you know a day off, get a practice in, get some film tape, you know, work in, and you know, figure things out. But this, I'm not worried. I'm more so just kind of like, really, guys, like we could have could have had a could have had a nice lead there, but. Ultimately, at the end of the day, yeah, a loss is a loss. You got to roll with it. Come back to me if they lose game two, and we'll see how I'm feeling then. But I, this team is tough enough and smart enough and more talented than I think the 76ers team. So they just have to show it and live up to that expectation. But yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I believe the Celtics are a resilient team. They have been all mm-hmm. year. Um, and you, you know, they're, they're just going to go out there and they just got to stick to their game plan. And the only thing I ask our head coach to do is with those timeouts, if stuff isn't going your way, find a way to make the adjustment. And for the first time, I felt like Doc Rivers, who sucks at making adjustments, was making the adjustments and Joe Missoula just kind of stayed stuck. And because of that. We kind of didn't end up on the winning side. Yeah, and that's what it is for a rookie coach. A lot of this is just learning curves, but yeah, got to be better ultimately at the end of the day. Well, uh, is there anything else you have to add before we wrap up for today? No, let's wrap it up. Vitamin C's, man, and let's come back with a victory. Amen to that. Again, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Vitamin C's podcast, proud part of the CLNS Media Network. Uh, we will catch you next time. Cheers. Hang in there. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sportsbook.